from Braided Media. This is 54 Lights. Joyous, emotional, heartfelt, refreshing, natural, honest, raw, reflective. These were just some of the words that came to my mind after an uplifting conversation with Fungi Mettler, today's guest. Our paths crossed thanks to a cleverly conceived introduction from a mutual friend, someone who befriended my late sister to find her way to me, and whose magnetic powers brought her to Fungi. She sent me a text some months ago, suggesting that the two of us connect, and so we did. The mutual respect and friendship that's ensued is nothing short of powerful, as you'll soon bear witness to through this emotionally inspiring auditory experience. Fungi Mettler is an impeccable storyteller, a philanthropist, and a social entrepreneur. She's described as a multi-passionate creative, and it's immensely clear why. As a storyteller, she uses her pen and her voice to inspire change and healing. Her stories are deeply personal and uniquely transformative. If you get a chance, I recommend that you lend your ears to her podcast, which is aptly called Raw Stories Podcast. I also suggest that you dive into her written work, which is available on her website. All of these, I would say, demonstrate her superpower, an ability to communicate and connect with all in her orbit, and to do so in a way that is often transformative because it transforms pain into power. Outside of these stories, Fungi's impact is widespread. She's on a mission to help people and organizations unlock their social potential, guiding them towards initiatives that result in positive impacts within their broader communities. As I said, her influence is widespread, touching peoples in over 30 countries across four continents. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. This show is dedicated to celebrating people of African descent. We showcase amazing people doing incredible things in their communities or beyond in an attempt to broaden the lens through which we appreciate the African narrative. My name is Kandwani Mwase, and today's episode is Ready, Set, Reflect. Now, today's episode represents a first in the history of our three seasons. That's because it's a dual podcast, where I'll act as both host and guest. A genuine conversation, I guess. Not only is this a watershed show, but... As you'll soon hear, 
it is relatively intense. Thanks to fungi's healing and genuine nature, I can honestly say that this experience was, in fact, transformative. I've used that word a few times. Through my tears and my deep breaths, I understood firsthand why Fungi's guests and her storytelling is so powerful, because it is so therapeutic. It's time. Let's lean in and listen up to the first joint podcast exercise for 54 Lights and the Raw Stories podcast. Here, in part, is that conversation. This is this is such an exciting day because I am getting a chance to speak to Fungi Mettler, who is based in Switzerland, right? And I am, yeah. Yeah, and who is the host of the Raw uh, Raw Stories podcast. And um, I've had such a, like, I'm so excited because this is kind of my first time to, to speak to another podcaster. And we're going <laughs> to, we're going to share different cuts of this essentially on our different shows and just, just see how that works. But really, really excited to have you on my show and for me to be on your show too. Me as well. It's the same first time having sort of a reverse uh, interview, right? Learning more about the 54 Lights podcast and it's amazing host, you. Um, I've, I've listened to your stuff and put, my God, what amazing, what an amazing concept, what an amazing guy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But but let's, so so let's dive into the shows. Can you give me the, the, the full, uh, your full name and maybe the proper pronunciation in case I've been getting it wrong? Right, so my name is Fungai Mettler. Um, so Mettler is my ma- marriage, my married surname. My maiden surname would be Mukuku, M-U-K-U-K-U. And Fungai is a Shona name, um, born and raised in Zimbabwe, right? It's, it's a Shona name. And what it means is to think, to reflect. Um, and it, it's usually associated with, you know, deep thinking, deep reflection, ideas. Um, so a thinker, you know, is someone that you would put as uh, in some ways very sensible, very reflected. And I feel like that that is, I, I completely relate and resonate to my name in that way because I like to think and reflect about things on so many different levels. I didn't like my name growing up. I didn't like my name because I grew up around people that had English names, right? And mm-hmm. I was just always, in many ways, quite upset that why, why do I get to have a Shona name? I would have loved to have an English name. And then growing up and realizing the meaning and the importance of having a name from your culture that you resonate with. And I started to think that, you know, I lost my parents really early on in life and and I didn't get a chance to talk to them about my name and why they chose this particular name. But what I did realize is my parents were both born um, in the 60s, right? And at that time, they they had been given English sounding names because it was way easier for the the missionaries in in the country in Zimbabwe at the time, it was easier to pronounce. So everybody got a Christian name and so they had English names. And I just, I don't know the for sure but I like to think about it at the back of my mind that maybe they gave me and my siblings Shona name because it was finally allowed right so all of us are born after the 80s after Zimbabwe is independent and every parent could name their child as they please without trying to make it easy for the missionary so to speak Um, and I like to think that our names were really just maybe 
standing up for themselves um, and then thinking we have a chance to name our children we're going to name them cultural names local names so much strength right so my name Funga shared the meaning my older sister's name is Chengetai which means to keep to look after to preserve and my older brother's name is Simbarashe so the power of God and it speaks of strength it speaks of it just speaks of so much volume right and just thinking about that realizing oh my god I'm so grateful that they named me Fungai now <laughs> yeah um, and, and and I just I have a lot of respect for them for standing up in that way what you just articulated is exactly kind of the story I think of my life. My parents also have, uh, for the most part, Anglophone names, James and Agnes. And there was like this whole um, layer of, uh, of people that are of their age group who all have these names like Peter, Agnes, yeah. they're, they're very Anglophone names. And then out of nowhere, all of the kids of them have these uh, whether you know it, whether it's uh, Chichewa names, which is from Malawi, they have or, or Zimbabwean names. So my sisters are Sipiwe, Lindani, and I'm Kondwani. And then I looked around at all of the kids that are that you know of their friends, and it's the same thing where they're given Shona names or Indebele names, or in in my case, some Malawian uh, Tonga names or or Chichewa names. And it's sort of like, oh, there must have been as you say, almost like a reclamation of, yeah. of, of, um, of their culture. It's amazing. I'm so interested to hear that part as well, because I really think that there's a generation that went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and decided, no, we're going to name our babies and own our culture. And I have a lot of love and respect for them for that. The, oh, geez, I don't know where to start here. Tell me about the show. So I, I, I love telling stories um, and I've only ever had the courage to do it in writing. So I have been writing and blogging since 2014, a give or take, right? Writing little stories here and there. Um, and I, I just never really thought about starting a podcast. And earlier this year, I was talking to a friend of mine, Loveness and Leah, amazing. And so she's like, Fufu, I think you should start a podcast. And I said, what, why? Like, what, <laughs> how? <laughs> um, and then because I had told her that I had this idea where I wanted to, to hear the stories from other people and I was going to do it in writing. Um, and so what I had started doing was having conversations with people, verbal conversations, and I was writing down notes. So I would turn those conversations into blogs. Right. All right. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, consider, you know, starting a podcast. So I started doing research and she, she told me like, let's say today and by tomorrow I was doing research and like oh actually if I set a podcast it's really easy if I do it with Anchor um, because I thought you'd need equipment you'd need so much and I realized how simple it was to start a podcast and I thought well you know let, let's get going because I do love stories I have so many stories I like to tell um, it's less time consuming and I, I want to hear other people's stories as well because I just believe in the power of stories to such an incredible level right I believe in stories for championing social responsibility I believe in stories for identifying ourselves with other people and identifying ourselves in each other's stories right which is essentially what your podcast and my podcast are doing and I thought you know let, let's get those stories going so my very first podcast I, I shared about my own life story how it takes a village to raise a child right and then I, I brought in my husband I had a conversation with him about our story 
And then, you know, the, the guests just started flowing in. I had a couple of people on my mind that I wanted to speak to. And then from there, you like, someone else would recommend and someone else would recommend. And I, it, just, it just started flowing. And I thought, mm. hmm, this is really amazing. So I just kept telling stories. And honestly, since June, right, that's when I launched the podcast officially. And to date, it's been listened to in like over 35 countries across four continents. And yeah. I'm in awe. I'm in awe because the word is spreading. The stories are resonating. And I'm like, you know, let's keep doing this. You really should uh, keep keep doing it because I think it's really a celebration an education and immersive experience with all of your guests. So you're obviously a storyteller, a natural storyteller, because you the way you weave those in, it's great. Have you have you retired the pen, so to speak? Are you still doing the blog? That's such a good question. Um, I I mean, I haven't done it in a couple of weeks. I haven't written something in a couple of weeks. I do micro blogs, right? And that's through my my Facebook, my Instagram, sometimes LinkedIn. I'm telling little stories. Um, and today I was actually thinking about, and I realized I missed writing. Um, I missed writing, so I I might need to do a couple of a couple of blogs. So I have some ideas in my mind, and so I haven't retired the pen. I've just invested more of my time on the podcast um, because I wanted to launch that and grow that. So, but I do think a couple of blog stories will be coming up in the next few weeks because I I do love the writing aspect of yeah. it as well. <laughs> that's that's really interesting. I'm I'm curious to know for somebody who's a traditional storyteller, and I I don't want to say traditional. I would say a um, genuine storyteller for me this is my platform right this is the way that i tell stories and it, for me it's more about like hey i um i innately like to just listen to people and i think there's so much richness in what people have to say so that's that's kind of where i'm coming from but when it comes to writing you know my my stories are better for twitter than they are for anywhere else um <laughs> how is it different for you to um create a story that you're writing versus creating a story that you're teasing out with a conversation you know i can tell that you're a brilliant podcaster because your questions are so amazing i'm learning so much <laughs> from you um i'm just trying to think like how do you differentiate so when i'm speaking to someone um i'm listening i'm listening actively and i'm i'm and i sort of intuitively know the points to pick up on and to further develop so i i think the key to a back and forth conversation is really the deep listening um really deeply listening what are they saying and after i think after about talking for about 10 minutes you get a sense of who they really are and you can pick up on those threads and they will most obviously always hit like spot on um, on that, so I deeply listening when deeply listen when I'm speaking to someone. But when I'm writing on my own, I'm following um, a va various streams. Sometimes it's just pure inspiration from my own being. I remember um, a post that I, I wrote a, a story that I shared um, a couple of weeks ago about two different plans, and I, I was I was swapping my plants around um, in my apartment. And I had bought these plants about one year ago. And I realized that they were so different. They were so different at that point. And one plant had grown. It's, it's a pathos. I love plants, by the way. The pathos <laughs> I can is see flowing all the way to the bottom. And the, the second one was just exactly the same as it was the day I bought it from the store. It didn't die, but it just remained exactly the same. And so I looked at these plants. I put them side by side. And I a story started to play out in my mind. And I thought, 
what is the difference between these two plants? How come one is grown so much and one hasn't? Why didn't he die if the environment was so bad, right? And so I see this plant it's dark corner and realize, hmm, it hasn't gotten as much light as the other one. So even though I've provided them with the same opportunity, so to speak, the light wasn't shining through enough for the other plant. And I started to think about the world we're in, the Black Lives Matter movement, and Kondwani, it just hit me like a storm. I realized that some of us are not growing as much because the environments that we're in are not nurturing our growth, right? And so I looked at these two plants and I just started to write a story about it. And I, and I wrote that, you know, me as the, as the plant mother, so to speak, right? My plan is never going to be to take these two plants and swap them around and put the good growing plant in a dark corner that I know it won't thrive in simply because I want to give the other plants an equal opportunity as a plant mom, right, I want them to both grow. So what I'll do is I'll pull that other plant out of the dark corner, put another plant that grows well in that space, or leave that space with no plant at all, if no plant will thrive in it, um, and make sure that both of them are growing in equal opportunities. So I, I think as a storyteller, what is incredible is allowing yourself to be inspired by even the simplest of things. And that's something that I can only tap into when I'm writing, um, or having a monologue in a blog where I'm just sharing some thoughts and ideas on my own. But when I'm speaking to someone else, then instead of tapping from deep within for that inspiration, I'm tapping into them for that inspiration. And that's for me what I think differentiates that process. It just keeps hitting me in waves, the whole the thinker and the reflective of, of your name, because that is the an, an, an intensely um, sophisticated response. But I think so... Um, accessible to everybody who's who, who's thinking through those two different uh, mediums, if you will. Um, I'm going to ask you a horrible question. I know you're like li life seems to be that you're immersing yourself more in podcasting now. I get it, yeah. um, but that doesn't mean the pen's pen's not fully retired. So, which one of those processes, which one of those plants, do you um, do you prefer? And you never ask a mom which kids they prefer, I guess, but. <laughs> But I'm going to ask you that question. So go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, I, I don't know. I think it depends on where I'm at in my life, right? Where I'm at. There was a couple of weeks where I was going really into myself because everything with the pandemic was driving me insane. And during those times, I found that I needed to feed within myself. So I really preferred writing and just uh, getting my thoughts on paper and just and just moving on that way. But I'm, I'm in a very inspired place right now. Now. Um, and and I'm, I have to say my favorite bit at the moment are the interviews and the conversations with others uh, because I'm drawing so much inspiration from you know even just from a conversation with you and I have a couple of questions for you in turn yeah but, okay I'll, you know, I'll... such conversations are just those are giving me power so I, I'd say like you know and I think many moms can can um, relate to this some days you have a child that you prefer <laughs> to be <laughs> <laughs> you love them both equally. <laughs> and some days you look at one, you're like, I like you today. <laughs> oh, that's that's why they call it raw stories. That's it. Yeah, you got to be honest about it. Some days you just look at them and say, you gotta no, be open. no, let's 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 call a spade a spade. You are you are good today, and you are not good today. Oh, that's <laughs>
ahead. You say that um, you're you're enjoy you enjoy your podcasts and the interviews, but you know where do you get the concepts and the ideas? It means you know you have that that bit of reflection in you as well. Where do you get the inspiration for the guests that you speak to and and the deep questions that you ask? Like honestly, the questions that you're asking are not shallow. They're deep, reflected, and you're framing them in the in the in the direction the conversation is going. Is that something you learned somewhere, or is that intuitive on your end? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I don't know where it comes from, but I've always been really interested in the underdog. Like, I'll I'll be honest with you, just you know, kind of coming from the continent that we come from. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I was I was born in Ethiopia, and so when I moved to Montreal. Um, I was really, really young, and I'll go on a bit of a tangent to answer the question, but but I'll, I'll just mm -hmm. allow me that for a second. When I came to Montreal, I remember um, I love Montreal like like nothing else. But the first part of my experience there was a lot of people kind of looked at Africa as a whole and were just perceived it as this poor continent. And it was also the not shortly after the you know, the famine in Ethiopia. So everybody, when they were like, oh, you're like this poor African child and there are no buildings and there are just flies. And it was just this singular vision of the whole continent. And it bothered me because people, I was sort of like, yes, there is a lot of poverty. Yes, there is a lot of like uh, difficulty and angst and, 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 um, and just, just a lot of challenges within different right. countries within the continent. But there was another side that I saw, right? And this other side was sophisticated and complicated and it just was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think that lit a fire in me to say, why don't people appreciate that there's just more than one way to, to look at something? There is more than one way to appreciate something. And I think that's what's been driving me to speak when I speak to people and, and try to understand is like, okay, I know you as Fungi Mettler, yeah. the person that I, uh, I've been introduced to, but also the person that I see online. I'm like a reading, I'm like, okay. But I have a view which is relatively singular. And mm. there is just, there's more to you, right? So, I, it, but it, just the world is complex. So. I didn't necessarily train at it. I didn't necessarily go to school at it. I certainly didn't have, don't have the background of, of, of storytelling that you do. But I think for me, it's a thirsty curiosity to uncover the complexity of people. I think the yeah. other thing too is people who, everyday people. So that's why it's kind of undertold stories because for me, mm. um, it's great to talk to somebody of a higher profile. I'd love to do that. And I, I'm starting to do that. But for me, it's like there are everyday people out there who are just amazing and blow your mind. And more people should know about Fungi Mettler. More people should know about your sister and your guests, you know. So that, I think that's where that's where I'm coming from. I love that. I love that. And, and there's like streams that are completely aligned once again, right, with what we're doing, because there's a lot of untold, untold stories. Um, and when I first started the podcast, I thought, you know, I want to talk to people who are extraordinary in so many different ways and sometimes not so obvious ways, right? There's many untold stories and 
I think each of our experiences shape who we become in the end and the path that we follow. And so now speaking to you and hearing your part of coming from Ethiopia, born to a, a Zimbabwean mom. And I think you said your dad is Malawian. Malawian, yeah. And yeah. And then moving to Canada, you carry all those places with you in your heart. And the, in the end, they shape your curiosity of the world. So your experiences sort of turned you into this person that gets into a space and nothing is as it seems, right? You, you're curious, you're like, because maybe sometimes it is a one-sided narrative. Maybe, maybe I'm just a, a black woman living in, in Switzerland, a Zimbabwean woman. Maybe that's all there is to it sometimes and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, there's a deeper layer um, and that curiosity just to hear what other people's lives are about, what the experiences that have shaped them um, is for me really incredible. And so on that note, I'd like to dig a little bit deeper about you moving to Canada, to Montreal um, at this very young age. What then happened? How did your life take shape from there? At what point did you, because, you know, sometimes it's like two sides. What sometimes people look at you and they see something and then sometimes you start to embrace that. Sometimes you look at it and you think, oh my God, that is so not me. I don't like it. And sometimes it's something messy in between where you're slipping in and out of who you, who you are versus who you're supposed to be. Um, and so I'm curious to hear your journey and your path and how you eventually came to owning yourself as this super curious person that wants to know about other people's stories. Yeah, that's a wow, another fantastic question. I'm not used to being on this side. That's a, that's a tough <laughs> one. Um, so my path, you know, as, as you mentioned, and as I mentioned before, is, you know, landed in Montreal at a relatively young age, um, you know, kind of started to go to school there with my, you know, my sisters were, were with me and my family. So we all just, we all lived together. And we lived together and went in a lot of circles that were multicultural. And so as you're meandering, you kind of, in a way, you, you're never quite at home, right? So I think for me, what informs a lot of what I do is that I'm just, I'm almost like I'm on this endless journey to find home. And, you know, I'm a Malawian. I've got still have a Malawian passport. If you can imagine, I've been in Canada beyond 30 years and I still have a Malawian passport. But I'm hanging on to, I'm hanging on to Malawi like, like by a thread, you know, like crazy. But yeah. the, the silly thing is, Fungi, is I've never lived in Malawi. I am, like, I've lived, I've lived in Ethiopia. I visited uh, Malawi and visited, obviously, Zim. But it, to say that I've lived, I've never lived in Malawi. So I am a citizen of a country that I've never actually lived in for more than, let's say, six months. So, yeah, which is, it's just, it's a really odd thing. And, and from an identity perspective, um, I still consider myself Malawian, but if I go to Malawi, they do not consider me Malawian. They would say, you, hey man, you're Canadian. You're Canadian. The duality comes into play. The duality comes into play. So, um, you know, all of that has informed my journey and it's this search, but it, it comes back to what I was saying before is it's just this idea of like, there's a hyper complexity to maybe how I see the world, but there, I think is a hyper complexity to other people, right? Your name is Fungi Metworth. You are Zimbabwean, but you live in Switzerland. You are speaking right. to somebody now who is in Canada, like, you know what I mean? Like that, there's like, yeah. there are layers there that are just could spin somebody's head and, and make them explode. Um, yeah. 
but it is, it's just, I think that's what's informed my path is that it's it, like, it's complicated. It's not a straight line and meandering from one um, cultural ecosystem to another cultural ecosystem has forced me to learn how to navigate through quote unquote white society and, you know, Afro-Caribbean society and Malawian society and so on and so forth. And you learn to be confident and comfortable with who you are within those spaces. So where I've arrived, yeah, yeah. Where I've arrived now is that I'm, I'm just sort of like, Hey, I'm a grown, I'm a grown ass man. So it's like, Hey, you know, you just walk in a room. My name is Kandwani. I am, this is who I am. And, uh, and just own it. When you realize that, when you realize that, I think you gain so much power in how you deal with and relate to other people. Um, because, you know, unfortunately, we, we, we look at each other and we only see the surface and we, go, we don't go deep inside. I don't believe in being colorblind. I'm like, please see me in my blackness, in my brownness, in all my yes. might, you see it. See me beyond that as well. Um, the same thing with any any particular person, right? Like, what are the contents of your character? What is your journey, right? And owning that. And I find myself Kundwani in a predicament sometimes because people are saying we we see that story of Africa, that sad, that HIV stricken, that suffering story, and it becomes the only story they see. And I look at it and I say, but it is a part of my story. So it, it is a sad part. It's the part that we don't want to highlight in the world, but it's a part that I need to own for myself because representation matters. And the reason I say that is, you know, it's good to have a conversation with people in Europe, in the US, in, in in, in anywhere in the world, Canada even, but it's also at a, at a place, or I'm at a place where I've realized that there could be a seven-year-old girl in Zimbabwe, and she has never seen anyone like her whose parents have passed on, who's moved from house to house to house, to relative to relative to relative. Yeah. That girl has never seen an example of someone that has come out of it and is now living their life. And I'm like, so I tell my story because the more I tell it, the, be the more the likelihood that that story is going to land in her ears. And she's going to know that even though you're that poor African girl, you go to school with no shoes, you have no food, there's a fly on your nose, right? When you think about all the mm -hmm. pictures that mm -hmm. everybody's painting. Those stories are not the only stories of Africa. And in our pursuit to paint Africa as a full continent with diverse stories, I feel like we have come to a place where people want to almost ignore that part of it because it's shameful. And we don't want people to see that shameful part of our story. And yet, and yet, there's still a percentage of us whose stories are that. Oh, and that representation matters. So we need to tell both sides of the story without making the sad thing such an evil because it is still a reality for so many people. So I think it's both sides. How do you bring in both sides? I mean, you have that HIV stricken poverty element of Zimbabwe and many other countries, but it is also one of the most beautiful countries in the world. We have one of the seven world wonders, right? Mm -hmm. And then you look at that and you look at the diversity of people, you look at the intellect, that's like over 88% literacy rate, which is higher than many countries <laughs> around the world, even outside of Africa. How can these two worlds coexist and yet they do and yet yeah. they do and I think that's why it's important to tell both sides oh. of those stories. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. So, so I, I have to ask you, and this is uh, going back and forth here, obviously, but how do you, how do you draw such power from, from pain? When I listen to your show and I listen to the, to the people that you've spoken to about mm-hmm. depression um, and depression sort of landed on me personally, as, as, as you know, you know, my sister recently passed away and then my father passed away six weeks later. So it was sort of like a double whammy during this COVID and neither of them died from COVID. But I really, I listened to your shows. You've drawn power from pain. And I just, I think you, I have to thank you for doing that for me personally, for telling me it's possible. But I think what's really important is how have you done that? Because that is, how have you done that? You know, firstly, those are some of the best words I have ever heard, right? You, you do this work in the background and you have, I, I hold on to a hope that I hope the story touches and helps one person. And to have that one person that comes and says, I'm one of them and, and this has changed me is life-changing. Really, mm-hmm. you have made my life. If everything led to this moment, I'm content. Um, and so, sorry, I'm on I the bridge of a little bit of tears because it it really has no. made a difference. Because this these are raw wounds for me and for my family, and uh, it's I I mean that from the in the most genuine ways that it has helped me. Yeah, um, no, I'm I'm glad to hear that, and and I'm sad technology hasn't advanced to a stage where I could send you a heart a hug virtually <laughs> um, and tell you that it 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 gets better. It is going to be okay. Take as much time as you need to heal because that's exactly what it is. And I think, I think for a long time in my life, I ran away from my pain. Um, and and I, I didn't want to admit how life experiences had broken me. Um, and I'm at the verge of tears now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Um, but, but, but I will say um, owning my pain and owning my story is what gave me the power. Um, and I'm, I don't think I'm 100% there yet. And I, I think I could get deeper on so many other topics um, that I'm still even afraid to, to begin to touch on. But I will say that owning my pain completely changed the game um, because I, I was in a place where, so having moved, um, right, going a little bit into, into my story just to help people understand. So we lost our parent, parents to HIV and AIDS when I was seven, three months apart, right? So mom died in October, dad died in February. Um, and I was seven, my sister was 10, my older brother was 16 and he had to take care of us. We moved from family to family and, you know, being sent away for many reasons. People like, we can't afford to look after all of you. Your parents didn't leave us with any money to take care of you. So we moved from family to family. And at some point it came to that we had to be split and separated um, because no one family could take care of all of us together. So then we were split. And so I, I lived nearly six years without seeing my siblings in a completely different world. And that world of the family that it, took me in in the end and I lived with them for the longest time at the beginning they were really well off uh, they were so well off and um, I, I lived in this bubble of their lives and who they were 
and I didn't own my story because it made me feel like I would be ungrateful if I ever admitted that these are not my parents and my parents are late. And I didn't want to be that ungrateful girl. So I, I didn't talk about my parents and culturally I was not allowed to. So if I would ever mention that my parents had passed on, there would be major consequences for me. So. I didn't. And at school, many people that I went to school with didn't know the full depth of my story because I, I, I was this outstanding student. I, I was good with my grades at school. I, I was selected for leadership roles in different ways. And I never talked about who I was and where I was coming from. And the, the more the time passed by, the more I questioned who, who I really was. And the more I did that, the weaker I felt because I couldn't find myself. You know, when you get into a room and you're quiet by yourself and you're asking, who am I really? What has shaped me? And you realize you have no answers. You have no answers because you don't know who you are. You know the surface of who you're supposed to be to the world, but you don't know who you are. And meeting my husband was what changed that. So because with him, I started to talk about who I really was. And realizing the depth and the fullness of my story just in conversations with him. And this is like seven, eight years ago. I, I wept. I wept because I, I remembered. I remembered seven-year-old me wondering when my mom was coming back and she didn't. Right? I, I wept just remembering that. Remembering the days we went without food. Right? That made me so sad. And for, for him to look at me and say, you're amazing and you're so strong for going through that and coming out the way you did made me realize that I was strong. And I realized that I had not heard of many people's stories whose stories were like mine. Um, and so I, I decided I need to start telling these stories more. And, and this is a seven year journey I'm talking about from the time I met him and told him my story for the first time until I eventually started opening up on who I really am this year. That journey has been long. It has been a journey that has taken patience. It's a journey that has taken courage. Um, and I'm healing. I'm healing from what my story is, but I'm, I'm drawing so much power from it because I'm realizing that I'm not the only one. And there's many people out there that are in pain and that are going through depression and that are going through struggles and all they want to know is they're not the only one. And that's why it's important to tell stories. And I don't have guests that have the exact same background. Maybe you'll find your story in a Caucasian woman that grew up um, somewhere completely different or you'll find your story in someone that looks exactly like you. Um, but I think it's important to tell those various stories. Um, I remember one of my, one of my guests that, that completely shocked me the most because I had a, a story of who I thought she was in my head, Anna Stando, and she began to tell her story. And my word, we grew up in completely different settings, mm. um, but I could find myself in her story and, and that boggled my mind. And so I draw so much power from telling those stories because it is the one way I know how to bring healing to others like you and me that have experienced pain. Um, it may be pain a long time ago. It may be fresh wounds like what you are dealing with now. But I think telling these stories 
owning our own story is the first step to using that pain and turning it into power. Oh, um, I don't know what to say other than thank you so much for doing what you do and for sharing that. I know it's a difficult couple of minutes for us both. Um, I have yeah. to say just what you are doing is so important. Um, what you just said is so important. Uh, and I really, I, I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart personally for, for that, because it's, my wounds are raw, but it, it, listening to you just now and listening to some of your episodes, other people, and then hearing your story has just been um, remarkably helpful. Um, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm glad we're on this journey together. Um, you know, I think I have to ask you that like, you've mentioned a few times about your husband and it's such a beautiful thing that you sat and you you had a podcast with him. And I, I encourage a lot of people to listen to that episode. I forget what number it is, but it's so interesting because, you know, I I, I sort of think to myself, oh, what would if, if I had this conversation with my wife, would I allow her to to answer the questions, right? Because you <laughs> you ask questions about you coming together and your union and, and your journey. But you obviously, instead of cutting him off or saying, oh, and this is what I was, you let him sort of do his thing. <laughs> um, and I thought that was such a remarkable, uh, sweet uh, episode to listen to, a little bit of a romantic one, uh, you know, it, it pulled at the heartstrings. But I have to ask you about that is, how was that experience? I would say like that was probably the the most fun episode I've ever had. It still stands as the most listened to episode as well. <laughs> I've added to that. Sorry, I've listened um, to it a few I, times. You know, <laughs> I think I think it was just really coming from a place of we're so comfortable with each other, um, and I was curious i was really curious um to to hear what his responses would be i had ideas in my mind of how he might respond and i have to say i was off a uh, 50 percent oh, of that conversation. i was gonna say <laughs> were you surprised by his answers <laughs> genuinely okay I thought, oh my God, I married a smart guy. <laughs> You'd think I know it by now, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say hopefully, but yes, yes, at, at least it was reaffirming. Yeah. It was, I think it was a pleasant surprise um, and really refreshing to hear how aligned uh, we are in our thinking and our ideas. And you know, I think we are seeing a string of of men that are coming up that are backing up their women and pushing them out into the world and. And he falls in that group on a very high level for me because the things that he's made possible, right? Um, and and this is, you know, when people hear our story, they think, oh, so monetary. My God, that's like a tiny piece of it. Like yeah. the opportunities that he's created for me. I, I had one of my biggest interviews of, of my career so far uh, this past week, right? And it was on, on a TV show. It was live. They, they were cam, they were like, cameras three or four of them and lights everything on me and I, oh my god like I was so nervous preparing for that but what he did is the day before he sat me down he's like what kind of questions do you think they're going to ask what kind of angles do you think they'll tap on how are you going to respond he prepped me for 
that interview. Yes, he prepped Mr. me for it. and then he came with me to the to the recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of minutes before he stood there, he told me how great I was. And, and you know, he he even sent me some talking points on a topic that I was a bit nervous about. I was like, but they asked me about this. I don't know what I would say. He's like, it's very simple. You know this already, you know this. So he yeah. reaffirmed me. And and I went on that interview and I felt so comfortable to talk about so many things that I knew, but I just needed affirmation for. Um, and then I, I got off the stage and the interview was done. I was like, so how was it? And he was like, you were brilliant. And then he was like, I have to tell you, I was so nervous and I was so worried. Um, and I was like, you didn't show me any of that. <laughs> lies, like, you know, lies. He's comfortable, I'm gonna do great. And then afterwards he tells me, I was shaking in my boots, babe. <laughs> just hanging it in hold it again oh that's amazing oh how i'm glad he pulled it together and he held it together on my behalf so but i I just think it's you know that interview going back to that was just a piece of me just trying to show the world what it means to have someone that deep cares for you deeply and that you're aligned with and we have completely different stories but at the same time we have so many commonalities in our stories um so that that was a fun episode to do you should do one with your wife i'm curious i know you know what she was coming down the stairs was just a few minutes ago and i said oh hold on i'm just i'm just finishing up an interview here but now I'm like oh maybe I should sit down with her and we should have a coffee and just try that because I think but I think you're right is that the the beauty about your relationship and I think relationships that work are ones where you allow the other person to reach their potential you allow that you're a facilitator you are a vehicle for it and it's not monetary it's it's be it's far beyond that so I love that, uh, that he gave you the space and the oxygen and he actually helped you. But at the end of the day, it was you, right? Like it was you. And we're seeing, we're seeing the, the rise of women. Um, you know, Kamala Harris is the first vice president in, in, uh, U S history. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I, the U S is, there's a whole lot of stuff going on there, but, um, you know, but this is a first and it's, it's really, really important. Um, yeah. as a symbol and you are really really important as a symbol uh fungi i i um i think we're going to run out of time here so i will just say that number one please allow me to to speak to you again because that was just crazy yes please, please um please. and at the end of the day i just have to say this is you know people have to read um uh, listen to your podcast but read also go to your blog and and check out everything there i what is your your website is fungimetler.com or yes yes that is it fungimetler.com yeah yeah i have to say konwani this has been my greatest honor great pleasure i have enjoyed speaking to you uh i think we we healed a little we 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 cried a little we laughed a (laughs) lot um but in the end we told raw stories raw authentic stories, and and that's what it's about and on my platform, your story has remained untold until now. And honestly, I'm glad that it is out there now. I'm looking forward to sharing it. And I just want to really thank you for opening up. And I want to send you a lot of my love. Um, I know that you're, you're, you're healing and you miss your dad and your sister deeply. That's okay. Um, take that one day at a time. And I'm here for you if you need anything at all. Even if it's just some background banter that we need to do just to, to get a laugh in the, in the mix. I'm here for yeah. you. Uh, and um, yeah, just I can't say anything more than that. It's just thank you. 
So there you have it. The conversation continues. Part of our show was recorded and produced at Simplified Studios, the soundstage and auditory office of Speech Simplified. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by Andy Ninval and Joachim Nortebert, also known as Multiformats. I'd like to thank Fungai for taking a leap of faith and hosting this joint podcast with me. It was more fun and fulfilling than I could have ever imagined. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you. Lastly, I must thank the audience for joining us today and for lending us your ears. Now, if you like what you've heard, there's more. Our upcoming shows include some food-focused content and, of course, a deep dive into the world of creative arts. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any of our inspiring episodes. You can find us wherever you do your listening. That's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. And if you enjoy some social sprinkled in with your experience, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle Crowd54. Listen, like, share. This is your host, and I guess your guest today, Kandwani Mwase. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.